0: It's wonderful that God has given us a beautiful summer day. We've had some heat, and there's a little bit of heat forecast for next week, but last night it cooled off quite a bit. gave us a beautiful morning this morning, so it's an appropriate Sunday morning to be able to share with you about the seasons of life. As we began last week, some of you may not have been with us last week, and we just began a brief four-week series looking at the teaching of God's Word, the Bible, on those times in our lives that we go through. Uh, as God designed life, as he designs nature, we see changes and seasons that we go through. We are creatures of time. We are mortal. We go through beginning, middle, and end of life. There is a cycle in our lives that we recognize. In the society we live in, as we saw last week, our focus was on spring, spring which is the season of beginnings, New starts. Uh, planting, setting direction, education for the future of our lives, laying a foundation as we are children, we are young in the spring of our life. Well, today we move into summertime. We live in a society, though, that doesn't really appreciate the seasons of life. We always try to hang on to those earliest days of youth because that is the, uh, that is what the media tells us is the only thing worthwhile. Where most of our lives, we live in the other seasons, uh, summer, fall, winter winter far longer than the springtime of our lives, and we as uh, believers and followers of Jesus need to fully embrace that and take advantage and be everything that God wants us to be in each season of our lives. As we mentioned last week as well, the seasons, though uh, springtime for some of us is in the distant past as we count and mark our lives, uh, there are still springtimes and seasons that throughout our lives. You may be getting uh, later in life a new job, a new ministry, and it's fresh and new to you. And God has promised in His Word that for those who trust in God, He keeps your leaves fresh and green like spring, and we can still minister and be effective and have those new beginnings throughout life. Summer, though, as we turn our attention today, we'll see is a very different season. It's an important season. And though it's uh, not spring, it yet remains foundational for the seasons that follow it. We know that there is a season for everything in life. As we read at length last week, the passage from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, that there is a time for everything and a season for everything. For every activity under heaven, again Ecclesiastes chapter twelve verse one tells us that when we are young, that we don't get caught up in the things of this world, but we yet reminds us to remember our Creator and our God. Ecclesiastes twelve one, remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, and the years approach when you will say. I find no pleasure in them. Remember God and lay a foundation of your relationship with God in your younger years, and it will stand you in good stead as time goes by. Not all of us are in the season that we speak of week by week, but each of us still have a part. We're either mentors and helping people who are in that season, or we remember the lessons of God's faithfulness and learned in that season, a season gone by. Summertime summertime it's a time of growth i love summer the summer of life it's a summer it's the time of life it's the season of life where everything is on the increase in nature i love summer as well spring is wonderful spring work the excitement of a new year the snow melts and everything begins again the great farming season begins. And when you live in town and country and rural area, you're kind of connected to the land, the agricultural seasons. We know the busyness of spring, getting everything done, seeding. But summer, it's spraying, it's waiting, it's patience, but it's growth. Some days you stand out in those fields, and those of you who work in that field of life, you you understand that. And you can almost you can almost hear the Fields growing it's on the increase and from day to day there's changes taking place we have rain we were blessed with rains throughout june and the heat comes in july and everything explodes it just grows amazingly and yet in your life summer is like that too you're in that prime of life prime time you are a home builder a family builder a life builder everything is growing When you're young, you're always adding to your life. Oh, you remember that excitement when you got your driver's license? Oh, you remember when you got that boyfriend or girlfriend the first time somebody validated you that you were special to somebody? Oh, we remember, maybe it's 50 years ago, you remember standing before God and family, this gathered company, and vowing your life and your love to one another? You added a spouse. How wonderful. But you grew and you grew. You grow relationally. You grow mentally. You grow in strength. You grow in wealth. You grow in reach. You grow and you grow. When you find a spouse, you grow additionally, one plus one. When you have children, you continue to grow. But that's multiplication. Talk about multiplying your reach and your impact in this world. When you are a family and a home builder, you are growing in so many ways. Summer is a season of growth. It really is. And it can't be wasted. And yet in the busyness of it all, we can't forget God and the fact that we need to grow spiritually along with all of these other areas of life don't get too busy to leave out the most important parts of your life because in the seasons that follow the roots that you put down spiritually in the summer of life those are what get you through the dry years the long years the cold years when things get hard we'll see in the seasons of fall and winter but people tell me time and again it is not easy getting old Getting old is not for sissies. We see that. But friends, if you put down roots in Christ in earlier years and you live those years with a faithful God, you have set a foundation in place that will see you through the hard seasons that lie ahead. Growth. First, as I mentioned, we have to grow in our relationship with Christ. Growth in Christ. As followers of Jesus. Remember, Jesus called those young men who were at the summer of life to follow him. And the foundation and the growth that took place in the relationship as followers with Christ, it saw them through the difficult years of being the missionaries and even martyrs for the faith, the years the years that came ahead. They grew in their relationship with Jesus. We just finished the series of messages on first Peter, and first Peter chapter two reminds us that we need to grow up as believers. Knowing Jesus isn't the end-all and be-all. Asking Christ to forgive our sins and be our Lord and Savior is the beginning of a journey, not the end of it. Peter reminds us that we need to, to put aside those things that hold us back. In 1 Peter chapter 2, I'll begin in verse 1 a little earlier. It says, "'Therefore,' Peter writes, "'Rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind.'" Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Grow up in Jesus. Feed on the Word of God. Spend time with the Lord alone. Spend time with the Lord through God's people in fellowship With those around us. These are the things that set the stage for our growth in Jesus. Again, the Apostle Paul, alongside the Apostle Peter, reminds us that we need to grow up in our faith. And Paul makes the point that we need to grow to be more like Jesus, who is the head of the body of Christ. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, then we will no longer be infants. That's babies in the faith tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is, Christ. Growing up in Jesus, to be his followers, to spend time with him. And the more time we spend with him, the more people are reminded of him through us. What a blessing that is. Rick Warren, who wrote that foundational book, The Purpose Driven Church, the founding pastor of Saddleback, Rick Warren reminded us that this season of life, the summer of your life, he says, becoming like Christ, becoming like Christ is a long, slow process of growth. Your whole life, becoming like Jesus is a long, slow process of growth. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't even happen in a single season. It can begin in the spring of your life and continue as you grow until the very end. Remember, as last week we said, you're either growing or you're dying. In the spiritual life, there is no being in neutral. If you are drifting, you're drifting away, not toward Jesus. We need to grow in Christ. Becoming like Jesus is a long, slow process. And when you're growing to be like Jesus, people experience Him through you. We all know the fruit of the Spirit, that wonderful passage in Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit, though, when you think about it, is the person of Jesus being lived out in the lives of His people. People are experiencing the character, the care, and the love of Christ through individual believers. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Galatia, reminded them. But the fruit of the Spirit, and remember, the Spirit is the Holy Spirit that indwells each believer. It's the Spirit of Christ. As Jesus lives in your heart and lives through you, He comes out in your actions, in your attitudes, in your words. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things there is no law paul was dealing with people of church in galatia they had false teachers that taught them to please god it was a legalistic joyless life following the rules and paul says it's not about rules it's about your heart and having jesus heart and letting him live his life through his people through you so summer friends you got to continue to grow i know you're busy I know you're busy with work, you summertime people. I know you're busy with family, living in summer. But you've got to be busy with Jesus too. This is the time where you need to grow up. No longer be the student, but become teachers, teachers of your children at home, teachers in small groups and Bible studies and grow in God's Word and in your relationship and your your experience with Jesus. Build some history with God. That history is important. That's the essence of the life of faith that we live, because summertime's friend is also a time of growing faith, and nothing grows faith like suffering. Going through First Peter, the theme of First Peter being strangers and sojourners in this world was that in this world we will have suffering, but rather than being somehow apart from God's will, God uses that opposition that you'll experience to grow you to be more like Christ, to make you stronger. Summer is a season when the hardest storms of life can come now we have friends from texas here with us today and you know come springtime and early summer when there is heat and there is cold air interacting it is a season of hard storms and tornadoes we experience that a little bit later this time of year july and august up here in the north this is when we have our worst storms but down south tornado season rolls in a little bit earlier in the year and I remember down there we were down in uh, in March this year with our family in Texas, and we had an amazing storm roll through one day in the afternoon. And everybody was around their televisions watching those experienced weathermen and their Doppler radar telling you exactly where the tornado was in the ground, what it was doing, when to take cover. We didn't have a storm cellar in the house we were in. So we had mattresses piled in the innermost part of the house making a bunker to put all of the the grandkids into this little mattress bunker so that uh, if they survived the storm and we'd blown away, I don't know what that was all about. But God was good. The storm passed right by and uh, didn't do too much damage for which we were thankful well that's a summer storm and you know in the busyness of life sometimes that's when the hardest storms hit those kids that God has blessed you with you find out in a hurry that you don't have to teach them to go astray that original sin is a thing and they grow up oh you give them their heart and they break it time and time again Kids going astray can be a storm of life nobody else can really relate to in other seasons like a mom and a dad in the midst of it. When you're young and don't expect it, health crises, they seem to hit harder. The very heart, the human heart, the physical heart, if a young man has a heart attack, it is invariably fatal. And it is massive because he is young and the heart muscle is so strong, it literally tears itself apart. When you get a little bit older and we have heart attacks, it's not as serious because the muscle isn't as strong. It doesn't do near the damage. Those storms of life in summertime can rock your world. But at the same time, you're growing and developing a history with God that will see you in good stead in the years to come. You are growing a history that you can look back on and see that God is, above all other things, faithful. He is a faithful God. We're reminded of that throughout the pages of Scripture. I love the passage in Numbers chapter 23. We're reminded in verse 19 that God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill Of course not. God is faithful. He is a promise keeping God. The prophet Jeremiah in the much overlooked book of Lamentations, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. The storms of life may devastate those around us, but we won't be destroyed by them. We are not consumed, for his compassions never fail, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We sing the hymn based on it, but we often overlook the passage of Scripture it comes from. Great is God's faithfulness, morning by morning, His promises and His compassion, they never fail. Well, those storms of life, they may hit, and that reveals the foundation that we laid in faith, the foundation perhaps in the spring of life Perhaps you were at summer camp or in Sunday school or kneeling by the couch at home with a parent and you asked Jesus into your heart and you laid a spiritual foundation. Now, if you've been living your life uh, based on that foundation, when those storms of life come, they won't destroy you or wash you away. Jesus used that example in Matthew chapter 7, like a house built on a rock his parable of the wise and foolish builders, he says in Matthew twenty-seven, twenty-four. therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Where's your foundation? In the summer of life, it's so easy to be distracted and make our increasing wealth and strength our foundation. In the summer of life, you're stronger, you're better off than you've ever been. You're in peak form, and it's easy to put your trust in flesh rather than trusting in Jesus alone. Jesus says, when those storms come, unless your foundation is on Him, upon the rock, You can be washed away. I'm reminded of that storm on the lake in Galilee when Jesus and those experienced fishermen, they knew enough about the vicious storms in that lake, a unique lake because it was a volcanic crater and it's half a kilometer below sea level and the winds can come over and whip down onto that lake suddenly and wipe away every sailing vessel in the lake. They knew they were in trouble, Jesus asleep in the boat with them in Luke chapter eight. They were they were terrified, those experienced sailors. Luke eight twenty four, the disciples went and woke him saying, Master, master, we're going to drown. <laughs> that was an experienced expert opinion. He got up and rebuked the wind, and the raging waters. And the storm subsided, and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. Where is your faith? He asked them. Now, when I read that, I often think when he says, where's your faith? It's like a parent asking a child who has made a mistake. Where was your head? What were you thinking? Where was your faith? It's like you didn't have any. But I think more importantly, Jesus was asking them in what had they put their faith? As experienced lakemen, their faith was in their boat. Fishermen knew their vessel. They knew their nets. They knew everything about those, and they trusted them. And Jesus says, what are you putting your faith in? Is it the things of this world? Oftentimes in the summer of life, you begin to lay a foundation for retirement, some of you are great investors at a young age. You are planning ahead. But some of you put your faith in maybe cryptocurrency. Boy, that stuff can disappear like that. <laughs> maybe you put your faith in, in mutual funds and the latest downturn has wiped them right out. Maybe you've, you put it in something and it was taken away. Now, if that was all you were trusting, you can be in trouble. The Bible teaches us to put our faith in Christ alone. Trust in Him and rest in Him. Develop a history of trusting God's faithfulness for you will find Him faithful at every turn. And then when those storms come, you have an experience to look back on. Max Anders is a wonderful author, written over 25 books, really good teacher on discipleship. He says this The thoughtful believer recalls God's faithfulness in the past when confronted by any new threat. Part of spiritual maturity is a strong sense of one's own history. Friends, are you developing a history in the summer of life with God, trusting Him in all those big decisions of life and being a parent? and how to raise your children, and what job to work, and how to be the best employer, how to be a Christ-like employee, how to be a godly husband and wife. Lay that foundation, and your history will be a source of strength as we recognize God's past faithfulness. Well, it's a time of growth in Jesus, strengthening of faith in the storms of life, but it's also a time where you develop your muscles for perseverance, to finish what you began. Growth in perseverance. Perseverance, it's like a tug-of-war. Those of you who've been in tug-of-wars, that's thats what we kind of miss, the old church picnic tug-of-wars, you know, the church... And I think we were no different. Churches with a great big strong rope and you put all the kids on one side and the moms and dads on the other or you distribute them evenly. I love watching and even being in a tug of war because you know there's a, there's a way to it. Everybody pulling together at the same time. There's a, a technique and a strategy to be successful in a tug of war. The one thing you don't do though is give up. You don't say, okay, this is pretty hard. Let's, let's take a break. Let's just all stand up and rest for a moment. As soon as you do that, all's lost. Perseverance is keeping on, keeping on. And those are the things that we need in later seasons, but that's the same thing that you begin to develop in the summer of life, because in summer, you are busier than you are ever going to be. You really are. But you're so strong, you almost don't notice it. You do it so well. But later in life, as your strength ebbs, You really need to to begin to manage your energy. Perseverance becomes difficult. In the busyness of life, we need to grow in our relationship with God. Grow in perseverance. Not give up. Not stop. Not take breaks. Paul, again, writing to the Galatian church, he gave them this advice. He says, let us not become weary in doing good. Galatians chapter 6. He says this twice. He also tells the Ephesian church, don't grow weary in doing good. So obviously, people were growing weary in doing good. Paul, in Galatians, though, uses the example from nature. I'll begin earlier than the writing on the screen. I'll begin in verse 7. Paul writes, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps... What he sows. Do you get that? One season, your activity in one season directly impacts your success in the next season. Reaping what you've sown. Unless you've cultivated and sown and cared for it in an earlier season, you're not going to have that harvest you need in the next season. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. There it is, perseverance. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. That sounds so easy. Just keep doing good. Don't give up. Persevere. But it's hard. In my reading this week, I came across in one of the commentaries this phrase. It says, Christians often feel there is so much work to be done, we cannot possibly do it all. There's so many needs, so many calls on our time, energy, and finances. And there is often so much ingratitude among those we try to benefit that we can easily become exhausted and disheartened. Doing what's right is not easy in a fallen world, especially when it seems no one notices and there's little recompense for all of our troubles. Is it worth serving the Lord? (laughs) The Apostle Paul said, yes. (laughs) And he served some ingrateful churches, I think especially of his fractious relationship with the Corinthian church. And yet, he never gave up. He persevered because he recognized when you get out of yourself and in that busyness of life, if it's not focused on self, but you're serving and blessing those around you, your family, your church family, your community, it says, then that service is ultimately for Jesus. The cup of cold water offered in Jesus' name. You are a blessing to others. And you are laying a foundation and cultivating a reward and a harvest that in due time, God will bless you with mightily. But in that busyness, in that weariness that comes even in serving others, we're reminded by the author of Hebrews to keep your eyes on Jesus. Look at what he went through for us so that we can go through that for others. He says, to run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, meditate on him, who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We need the encouragement of Jesus' example to help us to keep going. Because when you think about it, even in the summer of life, life lived for Jesus is an uphill climb. Heaven is up. We're ascending. That thought was put in place years ago by Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards, the great uh, congregational theologian, Puritan revivalist, he's best known perhaps for his sermon entitled Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Most people don't realize he was also the, uh, the, the dean of Princeton University, the very third one they ever had, president and dean of Princeton University. Jonathan Edwards said this about the Christian life. The way to heaven is ascending. We must be content to travel uphill, though it be hard and tiresome and contrary to the natural bias of our flesh. It can be tiring, but it is worth it to live a life of love for Jesus by living that life of love for others. When you have developed a history of faith and trusting a faithful God, when the storms of life come, those winds, rather than dashing you down and destroying you like that updraft that that something went wrong and and Kevin Nemes fell to the ground. He was an expert in updrafts and knowing that the power of his paraglider came from the wind itself. Gravity was overcome by the wind. And for those of us, the gravity of the sinful fallen world can be overcome by that updraft of God's grace, His His internal dwelling of His Holy Spirit and living a life of care and love for others. When we put God first in our lives, the reality of that wonderful verse from Isaiah chapter 40, written to a people in exile, it comes true. And we close with that thought. He gives strength to the weary, increases power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagle. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is God's desire for you in summer and all the seasons that come. But you got to trust him. You got to put him first. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, this morning we thank you for your presence in each of the seasons of our lives. Lord, one of the things about seasons is that they're all temporary. They come and they go and they pass. Lord, in the seasons of life, let us be mindful of them, that we embrace them and make the best of each one of them. Lord, For those in the summertime of life in our church family, we are grateful for them. We are grateful for the couples, the the young, strong individuals, the home builders, the family builders, those who are, Lord, growing our church and our community. But Lord, they have challenges. They face some great storms and some of them don't yet have that foundation, Lord, of seeing your faithfulness at each step of the way. Lord, we just pray that they would find time in the busyness of life, Lord, to put you first, that as they increase in strength and knowledge, wealth and reach socially and in every other way, Lord, that they would also grow as men and women of faith, that they would be Christ-like and that our community and church will see Jesus in them and through them. And Lord, that they would lay that foundation for the future seasons to come. Father, we thank you for the seasons, Lord, that we can rejoice and see our brothers and sisters in a different season than us and still, Lord, care for them, understanding all that they face and help them in the time of life that they find themselves in. Lord, thank you for this time this morning. It was a brief season, a season of worship and fellowship. But, Lord, as you send us from this place of of, uh, of worship and celebration And focusing on your word, Lord, send us out to the week that lies ahead of us. A different season. A season of interacting with a hurting world. Lord, make us a blessing in that season to come. Lord, we trust you for each one of these things. Fill us with your spirit that we may bear rich fruit for the world around us. We pray all of this in Jesus' faithful name. Amen. God bless you this morning.